All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Anna Stockstad with University of Minnesota Extension. And I'm Dave Noli with the Minnesota Logger Education Program. We're back today with another podcast episode, and today we'll be talking about harvest planning. Joining us today is Sawyer Scherer, who is a forest ecologist with UPM Blandin in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sawyer. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you approach the harvest planning process and how that might be different for someone working in industry compared to, for example, a state agency or for a county? Yeah, the, you know, the meat and bones of the harvest planning process is really going to be similar for for most folks, whether you're industry or state agency, county, private consultant. Um, But of course, there's going to be differences in sort of the specifics of policies and procedures and, you know, the exact details. But the big picture is, you know, it's an opportunity to gather as much information as you have available about a particular site or project that you're working on um, to really understand all the different complexities of the site, potential problems that might arise, maybe even opportunities that there might be to take advantage of. Um, And so it's really this opportunity to compile information that you might have, uh, maybe things in the office, maps, uh, digital resources, uh, topographic maps, soils maps, various inventories, come up with a good plan to uh, mitigate any issues that might arise in a timber harvest operation. You know, we want to avoid impacts to water and soils. Uh, We want to have good aesthetics, hopefully following the harvest. And we also need to make it work with our silvicultural prescription. So taking some time to take a step back and think about those things at the onset and really have a thoughtful, well laid out plan is kind of essential. And um, so for for us, you know, at Blandin, and I think this is pretty typical for most uh, large agencies or organizations is this is going to be kind of a multi-step process and it might involve starting with uh, those kind of in the office planning actions, looking at maps, looking at inventory. Um, And then the next step hopefully is to get out in the woods and actually kind of verify those things on the ground and really start to develop uh, detailed needs and identify whether there's resources on site that maybe you didn't see on the aerial photography or, or what have you. Um, and, and this kind of field portion might very well happen in conjunction with other parts of the timber harvest planning and setup. You know, the, the forester might be doing this sort of reconnaissance while they're marking the property lines or while they're cruising the stand uh, to, to appraise it for timber value. And that's, that's pretty common. But often that's going to come back to the office again, and there'll be some sort of development of this overall plan um, where you're compiling that on the ground uh, information that you've gathered with the maps and inventories from the office inventory, and then looking at maybe your goals for the site silviculturally, maybe you have certain policies or procedures that your agency or organization you know, needs to fulfill for other reasons. And then, of course, we have the forest management guidelines. And so we have to integrate all those into into the plan. And, you know, depending on the scale of the operation at this stage, there might be several rounds of sort of checks and balances. You know, for example, at the DNR, you know, you might have other divisions potentially reviewing these plans to make sure they meet organizational requirements or, 
you know, in the case of Blandin, you know, I'm trying to look at aspects of the guidelines and wildlife and, and those things uh, as, a, as a forester presents a, a potential harvest to me. So um, oftentimes a, a larger organization is going to have some sort of uh, multi-person uh, planning process to have multiple eyes kind of looking at these things um, before they're approved and, and on their way. So, wow, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it from a, from a forester standpoint. Uh, and I suspect, you know, in my work with the, with the logging community, you know, they're on the ground with you too at, at some point, long before there's ever any equipment, uh, at least for a walkthrough of the site and uh, getting them up to speed on what the what the plan is for that particular harvest. What about uh, what about John Q. Public? You know, they 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 maybe only see that. Uh, oh, hey, there's some equipment. Oh, hey, there's something going on over there. Uh, I wonder I wonder what that's all about. How do they how how do they know that there's a plan? How do they know that there's there's actually a method to this madness? Yeah, yeah, and it can be a little bit uh, difficult. And in, in fact, I think. Uh, you know, members of the public or, or even other natural resource professionals that are maybe not working in forestry uh, don't fully, uh, don't have a full understanding of how much planning really goes into these timber harvests, you know, uh, and this is, this is beyond the extensive planning that might have happened before we even decided to harvest that stand. And then once we get to that level, we're in this kind of harvest site level planning process. And you know, I think I think there is a, a lack of understanding there, and and you know that probably is something that we could all be communicating a little bit better as we're interacting with the public to explain that we do have these uh, plans and procedures in place and, and guidelines to help ensure that this is done in a thoughtful process. So I think communication is is really key for for demonstrating that, and then and also you know the loggers, foresters, everybody taking it seriously to really do their best job to implement these plans as they're laid out. Yeah, I really like your point about how communication is so important, not only with the public, but also with the loggers and foresters that are involved with the project. So what's your personal take? Like, how do you go about communication, for example, with the loggers? Are you involving them in the entire process from when you're first on the ground doing those surveys? Or when do you first bring them in to the planning process? Yeah, this is, you know, like pretty much every field these days, is just like a key aspect of getting things done properly and, and having folks feel comfortable with the process. And so whether it's, you know, foresters communicating with the public or with their peers or with, you know, maybe, you know, like within the DNR communicating with the other divisions, you know, being able to clearly communicate these things is critical. And it definitely is the case with, with loggers. In, in our case, and I think in most agencies or organizations case, the, the loggers start to get really communicated with once we've decided to implement that action, the, the forester has chosen a logger to operate with, or maybe, um, you know, the logger has bought that timber sale, and then you can start to really communicate those things. And, and a big part of it is clear communication in the plan itself, uh, but also just having clear lines of personal communication on site, uh, you know, folks have cell phones now, and there's no reason we can't be texting and calling and interacting throughout the duration of a, a planning and implementation phase. 
Thanks, Sawyer. This gives all of our listeners a really good foundation as we head into our next podcast episode and the future FMG trainings. I appreciate the time today. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. And for our listeners, keep listening to the next podcast episode, which we focused on roads, landings, and skid trails. And as always, stay tuned about future trainings. Thanks so much for listening.